Welcome to the Really Personal Podcast, where there's no room for sugarcoating and beating around the bush. I'm your host, Marianne Addis. Things are about to get real, y'all. This is a defining moment where I'm actually pinching myself because never in my wildest dreams did I envision hosting a podcast. I mean, I love listening to it on walks, during commutes, but it's a whole unique experience when you're the person behind the mic. I'm typically the person singing in the mic, not talking to it. Uh, With that being said, I am a music teacher in Houston, Texas, and after teaching music for several years, I am absolutely fueled with the aspect of creating, sharing, and connecting and inspiring. Before diving into one of my favorite topics of life, dating and relationships, of course, and why I chose to kick off with such a topic in this very first episode, I want to give a small yet personal glimpse of who I really am. A single woman in her 30s, I grew up in a Colombian Lebanese household, yes, like Shakira, where food and a sense of humor and great storytelling was essential. I grew up in a normal, urban life with loving parents and a ruthless older brother. Despite the on and off relationships that I had, the pivotal points where my world turned upside down was when my mother passed away in 2017. People often stray away from asking me about my mother, or they awkwardly tiptoe around the subject of her. But in actuality, I love talking about her. I want to talk about her. I want to experience the joy, yet the pain, the laughter, and the sadness. When someone you love unexpectedly departs from this world, your body goes through a state of shock. I can't tell you how often I would accidentally dial her cell phone or desperately need it to hear her voice for just one second. I'm a big believer in trusting the process, whether it's a long or short one. Much can be gained from it. So after her funeral, um, it happened during around the time of Thanksgiving. So I had like a week off from school, which was good. But when you have the first holiday without a parent, it is so devastating and so tough that I decided to make little small changes that ended up being huge changes in my life. So for one, I gave up drinking alone. I am a cocktail girl through and through. I love myself a glass of wine, but I was too nervous to be at home by myself in the state of sadness, anger, frustration, loneliness, and grasp all that into a drink or two or three. I was too nervous of where that would take me. I was too afraid of that. So I told myself, I can drink with friends, happy hour, that's fine, I'm with them. They'll hold me accountable, but alone, no drinking. Then I also took a break from dating. I was not on any dating apps whatsoever. I did not even pitch to my friends to set me up. I was just not looking for love at all. And then I also took a solo trip to Spain, loved it. Um, I enjoyed meeting new people, seeing new things, having amazing food. 
And then lastly, I started a blog. <laughs> All of this happened right before the, sp- the spring of 2019 and the COVID outbreak. So I'm very glad that I went through this journey before COVID hit because God knows where I would have you know, ended up. And sharing about my mother and what I decided to do with my life during that time in 2018, 2019, is a perfect segue into this very first episode, where we dig and grapple through the effects of our upbringings and how they affect our adult relationships. Have you ever wondered why you're attracted to certain people? Like, what are the factors that will determine whether your relationship is successful or not so much? The area of psychology that gives insight into this is called attachment theory. There's a book written by Amir Levine and Rachel S.F. Heller called Attach. I highly recommend it. And it's going to go through these attachment, this, this attachment theory. And what exactly is this attachment theory? We probably hear it quite a bit on TikTok. I know I've heard it many times. And personally, I'm not the one to embark on a parental denunciation where I place all of my woes and adult problems on my parents and how I was raised. Perhaps it's because I take responsibility for like my own doings or I see more good coming from my upbringing than bad ones. But for the sake of psychology and the mere fact that my parents are different from others, let's dive into parental blame and analysis to discover the root of one's attachment styles when it comes to relationships. So when you were a baby, you learned how to relate to people and the world. This happens primarily through your caregivers, aka your parents, or anyone who raised you. Based on how well your parents or caregivers were able to care for you and meet your emotional needs determines what type of attachment style you end up having later in life and with the romantic partner that you choose. So there are four attachment styles. They're secure, anxious, fearful, and avoidant. The words alone can give you a glimpse of what they're about, but in case you have never read Attached or you just want the cliff note version, the secure attachment style is when your parents were consistently attentive and met your needs while also validating your own feelings and experience. Pretty ideal. Anxious, however, is when your parents were consistently attentive and met your needs, however, they also invalidated your own feelings and experience. Fearful is if your parents were not attentive and did not meet your needs whatsoever and and also did not validate your own feelings. So that's like negative, negative. And then the fourth one is avoidant, where your parents were not attentive and they didn't meet your needs, but they validated your feelings. And for those visual learners, I do have a a visual concept, like a little like diagram that shows this in case you need to see that on the website. I will definitely have that linked below so you can just access it, see it and visualize it. So yes, in other words, it's your parents' fault. However, one way to heal your psychological wounds is to actively release the hold your disgruntled feelings have on you and identify your attachment predilection. Then you will be able to start figuring out the nature of the relationship problems that you experience time and time again. So I'm going to start with anxious attachment. 
A core belief of someone with an anxious or preoccupied attachment style is that they truly want close, deep affection, but they are hypersensitive to any real or perceived threats to the security of that relationship. Typically, this happens in childhood when the child receives an inconsistent amount of love from a parent or guardian and becomes unable to predict when they will have that comfort and security. Therefore, they become hyper aware of changes in their caregivers' emotions or or availability. An adult with anxious attachment style will become attached to people very quickly, needing comfort and security, but they're really sensitive to signs that their partners are insensitive to them. Things like a missed text message or ambiguous comments compel them to worry that the relationship is collapsing. When an individual with an anxious attachment style perceives a breakdown in their relationship, they try to rejuvenate it by excessively reaching out to their partner, or lavishing too much attention upon them, suffocating their partner, and unintentionally worsening their relationship. An even worse disorder of an anxious person is their inability to perceive the faults in their partner and to walk away from a bad or toxic relationship. Their need for affection deludes them into believing a partner is good despite their insensitivity, narcissism, and rancor even to the point that they accept and justify their partner's cruelty and brutality. So there are eight ways that an anxious, preoccupied attachment style might be showing up in your romantic relationships. I know they have shown in my relationships as well. So for one, you're always afraid the relationship won't last. You're constantly afraid that you don't measure up and when your partner's not around, they will find someone else that, they, that they'd rather be with or they're more interested in. Or you're also afraid that your partner doesn't care about you as much as you care about them. You're in constant need of approval, validation, meaning you're not confident in yourself or in the relationship. You have the need to see the relationship as stable, even when there are are clear red flags. And if you get rejected or the relationship ends, you feel blindsided and deeply hurt. You fear abandonment and you have this deep and intense fear of being alone. You can be demanding, you can be jealous, sending several messages at once, you know, stalking them. So this is all comes into the attachment style. And Before I go on, for those who have this attachment style, not all is lost, and you are certainly deserving and worthy of much love. The key to dating while being anxious is choosing a partner that will not only complement you, but also provide that much-needed security. So it takes two on this one. So in that case, you need to date someone who is comfortable with closeness, consistent, reliable, sees your well-being as a top priority comfortable with sharing feelings, stable, and okay with with commitment. The qualities of a romantic partner should go beyond looks, a good job, a sense of humor. They should give you peace of mind so that you're not feeling insecure, anxious, or obsessive. Sadly, I've witnessed this with my friends in many situations. It impairs their perspective and it has a lasting impression on their lives and on their future relationships as well. 
So the person you date plays a huge role in diminishing your anxiety. Getting to know the person with time and experience will reveal if this person brings you peace or elevates your anxiety. The next attachment, fearful attachment, which can also be coined as disorganized attachment, is where there's a combination with with anxious and avoidant. So this attachment style is very easily described as, I hate you, but don't leave me. So in other words, this shows up as a reluctance to engage in close relationships while also having a dire need to be loved by others. So you would, some of the traits would be like a severe difficulty regulating emotions that would, that are similar to having anxiety, having negative views of themselves, responding poorly or inappropriately to negative emotions, fear of intimacy, often pulling back strongly and disconnecting completely if triggered or feeling overwhelmed. They're hot, they're cold, they're loving, they're distant. They get and they get anxious, or so their anxiety are elevated. Their anxieties are elevated. They want to please others. They want to fix them because they don't want to focus on fixing themselves. And they tend to be less committed and satisfied in the relationship. This person will crave closeness and emotional intimacy, but they're also terrified of it. They want to be open in their relationships, but they also fear that if they're too vulnerable their partner will hurt them. Sadly, they are emotionally unpredictable. They find themselves in intense, chaotic relationships, including including violent ones, and seek sexual intimacy with several sexual partners. Because they're so worried of being rejected, they often act in ways that sabotage their relationships. They typically gravitate towards emotionally unavailable people which inadvertently feeds their fear that emotional intimacy in a relationship is completely unsafe. Having dated someone with a fearful attachment was a stressful learning experience, let me tell you. I discovered that appearance and actuality are entirely different and that feeling safe and secure in our relationship wasn't enough. Regardless, it's good to understand the root of this attachment in order to provide that safe space. The third attachment style is called the avoidant attachment. And that is when you seek a relationship, but with a need for independence to the point to where forming close relationships become very difficult. Believe it or not, about 30% of the population has this style. So what are some signs of an avoidant, dismissive attachment style showing up in your romantic partner? Okay, so before I was describing how you, but let's see on the other side. Let's see what you can observe in someone else. So for instance, they suppress emotions and avoid emotional closeness in relationships. They feel like their partner's being clingy, even when the partner just wants to be emotionally closer. They sabotage the relationship or they pull away when their partner gets close. They usually are self-reliant and self-sufficient. That's not bad. They have difficulties trusting and relying on others. They downplay relationships and they avoid intimacy. And when faced with difficult situations, they withdraw and cope on their own. When dating a person with an avoidant personality, it's important not to chase them because their need 
for personal space will cause them to flee from you. Let them know what you need, whether it's to spend more time together or put more effort into the relationship, but you should avoid demanding these needs or complain about the things that they are not doing for you. If after bringing up your needs and they still haven't tried or done anything, then that's when it's crucial to take a step back. Chasing them will actually make them realize that They can do this as opposed to realizing that their partner is saying this because they feel hurt. If they say they need to walk away from this conversation, all right, give them that space. Don't push it. Don't ask them to continue talking to you and don't assume that they don't care. After a few hours to a few days, bring up the discord by saying, hey, I would really like us to have this conversation. And if they're avoiding it again, then let them know how you need space and time to process everything. This involves not constantly talking to them or hanging out with them as hard as that is during this time of processing. You're showing them that you're not changing who you are for them. The next attachment, or the last one actually, is the secure attachment. And let's be honest, most of us long or desire to be this, or desire to have this type of partner. So here are some signs of a secure attachment style. They won't play games, including waiting for a specific amount of time before responding to a text message. They text right away when they're available. They don't rush into a relationship by taking things slowly. They're not afraid of being vulnerable or having emotional conversations, even if it doesn't come naturally to them. You feel comfortable and at ease in their presence. There are no alternative motives or weird gut feelings of something lurking behind the scenes. They are reliable and they don't tend to cancel at the last minute. And if they do, They give you a solid reason and apologize and reschedule. They are kind and nice to the waitstaff, valet, whomever they meet. Though I lean towards a secure attachment style personally, an anxious attachment often appears in me when I feel insecure in a relationship due to a guy's inconsistent behaviors, avoidance of deep discussions and using excuses while pulling away. You know, these behaviors completely knock me off my secure attachment style, believe me. But for me, that's a huge indicator to say goodbye to that relationship and to move on. So if I start to feel anxious, even though I feel for the most part, I'm pretty much secure, then that is a red flag. That's a guttural red flag for me to step back and to see if this person is right for me. So date attachment styles is not one size fits all. We are all unique with different characteristics from different upbringings and backgrounds. I'm a huge advocate for seeing and identifying the disconnects in relationships and doing something about it. So your attachment style can fluctuate depending on your experiences or the people you date. You may be secure before you date someone emotionally unavailable who makes you lean to be more anxious, or perhaps you're usually anxious, but the moment you start to date someone who is secure, you start to show avoiding tendencies. So I have some very helpful tips that will help 
move from an anxious attachment style to a more secure attachment. So you don't suffocate your relationships, but will attain this attention that you're seeking. A good first step is learning how you use people to regulate your emotions. If you exemplify an anxious attachment style, you're struggling with a lot of big emotions and you may or may not know how to self-regulate and to self-soothe. So you might have a pattern of reaching out to people, boyfriends, girlfriends, and friends to regulate your emotional system. Inevitably, all this, all this is really doing is leaning on another person so that you will feel better. This dependency keeps this loop going where you can only become secure if you have the attention and the validation of somebody else, which feeds again into this anxiety cycle. Take the time to reflect either in contemplation or journaling to examine how you feel before you reach out to somebody. Are you lonely, sad, or anxious? Or are you feeling calm or happy? The goal here is to understand those negative emotions and not use others to regulate those emotions for you. If journaling is your thing, explore some fantastic self-love journaling prompts towards self-love. Having effective communication is another key that makes you feel more secure. If you're talking to someone and you're unsure of their intentions, ask There's no need to be passive and definitely don't avoid voicing your desires. An anxious person will not want to ask because they're afraid of what the answer is. An avoidant person doesn't want to ask because they would rather not hear the answer. If it was flipped for them, they wouldn't want to answer it either. So having that effective communication makes you more secure. It shows, you know, I know what I want. Are you on the same page? And sometimes you might not get the answer that you want, but that's okay. This has saved me time and time again, where I'm just upfront and honest. And I ask, if they respond with, I don't know if I'm ready or I'm unsure if I'm there yet, then you merely have to ask yourself, how far am I going to go in this relationship? What are my boundaries? What will I stop? And like, when will I stop and say enough is enough? And it's time to move on. This looks different for everyone and everyone's timeline of when they are ready will be different. Just create your boundaries and just stick to them. This should give you hope. This shows that just because you're anxious or avoidant or whatever you are does not mean that you can't change. It definitely does not signify that you can't become more secure in relationships. I just have to say that relationships is a challenge, but more importantly, it's it's good to look at within yourself and see what is it that you desire and long for and be honest and true to that. And yeah, you're going to go through guys or girls that are just creating anxiety in your life and or they don't bring you that peace. And you're going to have to go through a lot of those, unfortunately. But there is that hope that you will connect with someone that does bring you that peace where you feel so comfortable to be honest and to express your desires. 
Again, I highly recommend reading uh, Attach. It is a phenomenal book. It was so interesting, not just to read and analyze it, but to have discussions with my, uh, my other girlfriends and family members. And it was interesting just to look back at our upbringing and how we display these emotions when we're in relationships. I hope this was very helpful. This has been a very fun episode. I was very much looking forward to this. As as soon as I got the name, the really personal podcast, I was like, this has to be the number one, the relationship one. And so I hope you enjoyed it. I have some great upcoming podcasts coming up, episodes coming up with some guests. So it just won't be my voice that you'll be hearing, but other people. Um, so please stay tuned and also explore Marianne Life blog. There's some great recipes. There's some really cool posts on relationships, self-care, self-love. And I look forward to connecting with you again. <laughs>